There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jules Gill, it's freezing. Why is it so cold when there's so many warm things happening, i.e. World Cup stuff and you dancing, which people can't see? Well, this is the thing, mate. That's how I keep warm. I'm in a constant <laughs> state of jig. So I basically just jig to keep warm, but also because of the fact that I do I do all my voiceovers straight away in the morning. Mm. So I'm all warmed up, mate. I'm good to go. I'm he's, he's boiling. Fine. I'm sweating to get to the content. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Sweaty content, otherwise known as the Entitled Banner Podcast, the UBP, the UBP. UBP. The UBP. Um, massive thank you to everybody for sending in their various questions. We do a whole podcast about whatever you'd like us to talk about, various talking points across the industry or whatever other things are going on. Which Sometimes say, we do questions on things people don't want us to talk about. It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> Sometimes we just see where it goes. The entitled banter jig will do its own thing. Um, so we'll get through as many questions as we can. First one from DMB Does Gaming, who says, "Question for the podcast: Have you ever bought a ever bought a video game you've been looking forward to? You know it's going to be bad, and it turns out to be an absolute broken mess. But you've paid for it, so you lie to yourself, and it's not that bad, and just play through it. I've recently did this did this with Cobra Kai too." Um, yes, oh, Cobra Kai uh, 2, the video game. Yes. I, didn't even, I, I didn't even know that there was a first one. Oh, I man. forgot. He said that the um, Cobra Kai 1 was all right. It was good fun. But Cobra okay. Kai 2 is an absolute mess. I forgot they made like 3D Streets of Rage style games to tie into that show. But Oof. they're very, very basic. I think they just sort Oof. of get out in time with the new season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've just done this twice in a row with Sonic and now Pokemon. They're both complete broken messes. Wait, you bought but... the new Pokemon? No, thankfully they sent us a, they sent us a code for Violet. Oh, okay, you're um, lucky so, I know, so I would have bought it anyway because it's me. I can't not. I don't. I can't extract the sickness. I, I would have had to have done it at some point. Um, but thankfully, they sent that over. Um, but yeah, I found out last night um, that there's a, a solution doing the rounds. Because have you seen all the bugs and glitches and stuff? Just how... Oh, have I ever? I was straight <laughs> as soon as I saw uh, Young Year uh, put up uh, his video, I was just uh, like with a cup of tea, just drinking it slowly, being like, ah, everything that I thought about this and told other people and was told that I was being a grumpy old curmudgeon is proven to be right. What is that taste of? Oh, it's vindication. It is a very sweet taste. However, the uh, state of Pokemon is uh, is ridiculous, to be honest. It's uh, But there was a fix doing the rounds last night where people realized that if you change the game storage on Switch from the SD card and put it on the storage, the, the, the console yeah. storage, it saves the frame rate. It frees up the frame rate. It's like an oh, instant right. fix. Okay. Um, however, Pokemon <laughs> Scarlet and Violet also has a major memory leak issue, which means that the frame rate gets worse the more you play. So Wait, if you, what? Yeah, yeah. So like, if you can try this. Like it's winding down. Like this, you've just like, Got a little uh, toy mechanical monkey.
monkey with a key yeah. in the back. He's doing, it's, it's like, like ding, 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 And it's just like, if you uh, quit the game and restart it, it'll reset the memory leak. It's like Skyrim on PS3, back when that bricked PS3s because the, the save file got too big. But um, oh, yeah, so man. I'm just in a, in a state of, I did the, the little cheap fix thing of like mm-hmm. change the save mm-hmm. thing. I was like, oh my God, it frees up the frame rate. This is great. Um, but... And then, and then, but the more I, an hour later, it was chugging again. I was like, oh, it's just, you can't get it. So what we're looking at here is like very rare though for Nintendo because mm. um, obviously they, they brought it about by themselves because they asked for two Pokemon games in the same year, which everyone mm. knew was always going to be a bit of an uphill climb. Mm. But they don't usually put out broken games on release. This is very rare for them. It's to a do thing this. where like because it's Game Freak, like I feel like Game Freak's reputation is a lot worse than Nintendo. And then like it's a mm. testament to the optics of, of Pokemon where everyone just kind of goes, oh, oh, Game Freak, you've effed it up. Oh, Pokemon Company, you've effed it up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah but above the, all of that is Nintendo. Like if they needed to shift a release date, that's Nintendo. Like assumedly. Yep. Yep. I doubt yep. the Pokemon yep. Company have full autonomy away from Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, overall, um, it, this stands out as like, I mean, if Mario had released in this state or Zelda or something, like that would would be cataclysmic like they would yes. never let that happen um maybe they yeah. see pokemon as kind of like because it wasn't one of their original <coughs> ogs this is mm. designed from the ground up for nintendo in that way or with them uh having the uh, looking over the shoulder all the way through mm-hmm. maybe they just see it as being like yeah fine people will buy pokemon in whatever state won't it's they it's so weird that whole thing of i forgot what the original president was before um shigeru miyamoto who, who said no to it to pokemon like it was pitched to him i think it's hitoshi tajiri pitched it and then that whatever that dude was said nah, like, that sounds us. bad <laughs> yeah and then miyamoto took over and was apparently looking over all the rejected scripts also rejected pitches and was like no get that guy back in and then it became pokemon <laughs> and uh it's just a hell of a thing anyway um but yeah have you ever br- uh, bought a game that's been absolutely broken you force yourself through it because you paid for it um i mean i could point at numerous dynasty warriors titles um mm. i'd say that dynasty warriors um nine empires is the one that sticks most recently in my craw for being something that i just played through and mm-hmm. was just like i was burned badly by dynasty warriors nine and then to go right. back into that again <laughs> the exact same <laughs> maybe thing. they I, fixed I, I, actually thinking of sequels that are all like um offshoots of the same thing that got worse final fantasy 13 13 2 13 3 lightning returns absolute tripled serving of bollocks wasn't it it was just like, <laughs> i never played the, those are the spin-off ones you've saved yourself an absolute headache and some mm. therapy bills mate because i swear down that the Final Fantasy Thirteen. when that came out, mm. it was a case of just like, cool, right, okay. Um, the jokes about it being an elongated corridor simulator are very mm. true. And then about 10 hours later, it opens up and people say, this game is great now. It's like, no, it's not. Suffering through <laughs> something for that amount of time does not make a game great. No, you and just got used like, to it. Then when Final Fantasy Thirteen Two came out, it said, "Right, we're ditching all of that. Don't forget about that. that was, we'll do over, do over, Mulligan, Mulligan. <laughs> we're gonna get, we're gonna get rid of the characters that were too stupid. Mm. We're gonna add in a Pokemon monster catching element to it, where you can mm. re- recruit people to fight for you. And we're ditching all of the uh, um, silly like active uh, time battle gauge thing. It's like, okay, okay, okay I'm in- interested. I'm intrigued. And then yeah. it's like, but it came with a little like uh, a little asterisk. And you know when you like read through the terms and conditions, like mm. in this very lengthy document, mm. get down to the bottom. And what did it say? Oh, main contain absolute uh, nonsense in the form of of time manipulation shenanigans <laughs> where you travel back through different portals and stuff like that in different timelines mm. none of the story makes sense whatsoever and uh most of the game's endings are basically like oh you've seen that ending better go replay the 30 oh. hours again so that you can see another one Checkpoint it's like oh, anxiety the game get out of here <sighs> but yeah that whole thing of like it's something being like, that whole realization i feel it's a very modern gaming thing of like you get something home it's literally just broken the frame rate's mm-hmm. dog mm-hmm. or whatever it is and it's just like well i'm just stuck with this now i kind of tried forcing myself 
myself through Cult of the Lamb because that thing was broken for about a month on Switch. Have they um, actually fixed that now? Yeah, yeah, thankfully. Like I said, okay. they sort of fixed it about... A, and that was the thing. It took about a month for them to, to fix it, um, which was just a real shame because that game's so good. And then it was mm. one of those things where I was like, just let me love you. Why can't you just <laughs> let me play? Um, and then I, I had a, a game-breaking bug in that thing where none of the NPCs would move anymore, so I couldn't do anything with any of the characters. Um, but yeah, I definitely go with Sonic for that. That was just one where I was like, oh, I mean, I'm in full banter mode. I've bought this stupid game. Yeah. Um, I'll just play through it. And then now I'm going for the Platinum like an absolute psycho. So. Well, um, um, mate of mine, Tommy, he basically mm. went down to the uh, local, I think it was like Tesco's or something like that, right. and saw that it's already on sale, the PS5 <laughs> version, for £28. That's a bargain, mate. You want to get that? That's only come out a week ago. Pretty much. It, uh, like two weeks ago? Like, Maybe because wow. of Black Friday. I saw that it's like, uh, Dan Durkin messaged me, one of our editors, and said, like, do I, do I get it? It's like £35. And I was like, to be honest, I can't reliably say you should get it with any sizable price tag because they still haven't fixed the pop-in. So, like, yeah. it's just, that's my thing. Like, I you got know, it because I'm just ridiculous. But, yeah. You know, we always have that little chat about what's your favourite sort of 6 out of 10, 7 mm. out of 10 games, ones that are actually, like, brilliant, but the world will forever only notice the flaws in them mm. is this going to become one of those in a couple of years time or do you think that it's like it just did not hit the mark in that same it way it just needs to be it's just the basic stuff needs to be sorted like the the level of detail that whole lod the way games load things in the distance thing mm-hmm. like what level of detail are you seeing at certain distances and it, it changes it's just so bad where like it's just entire blocks just load right in front of you i think that stuff is so noticeable yeah um, but I do that the soundtrack is phenomenal, like stupidly good, way better than it has any right to be. Um, and the um, the general sort of like writing and the feel of the characters and stuff and how much they pay tribute to everything from Sonic Boom to Sonic 3. Like there's just, it's kind of nuts how much all of Sonic is in here. Um, okay. so if you like Sonic, it's a great Sonic game. Um, it's just annoying how the basics suck and uh, that <laughs> stuff sucks. But um, yeah, you know, the actual through, gameplay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to play the video game kind of sucks. Um, but yeah, I think that um, hopefully it gets there. It, right now, it feels like a four or a five that I'm just I'm just Ooh, loving. No, I can't, love be, can't be doing that. I mean, if I'm getting like, more objective about it. If, you, if you've got a half priced game, then it's uh, and it's a four out of five thing. You're actually paying pretty much per pound <laughs> per enjoyment. It's 20, 28 pounds seems like you're paying bang on average for that. Yeah, that's very fair. And I want to do a quick shout out to uh, that guy, Jim, who messaged us to say that they're held up in hospital with pneumonia slash Fluid on the oh, lung, no. so UBP will be especially needed. Well, hope you get well soon, and um, hopefully this uh, this podcast brings you a bit of light. Cheapers, oh, mate, that sounds awful. Big love to you. Hope that you recover quickly because I can imagine that is not a pleasant experience to go no. through. Um, so, what do they have a question, or was it just a shout? They did out? not. I just wanted to give them a shout out. They just said um, that they love the podcast and uh, that they're going through this stuff. So I just thought we give them a shout out and hope oh. and uh, wish them well. And you get in touch with us next week when you're out of this or whenever you're out of this. Make sure you give us an update, mate. Yes, hope you will. Next question from Schmanch Williamson, who says, what is too long? I have 100 hours in Elden Ring and I want to watch anime like One Piece. I'm on episode 860 out of over 1,000. And that's great if you want more, but sometimes I feel like fat could be trimmed. What is the ideal game length? Happy Thanksgiving. Well, happy Thanksgiving oh. to yourself. I believe that was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. they've uh, all the Americans have celebrated their turkeys. They're all fat and um, happy. They're loving it. They're loving it and they're, they're thinking to themselves, oh, I can't wait to do this in a four weeks time again for Christmas. <laughs> like, I tell you what, Americans, they love the double servings of everything. Everything's mm. got to be bigger and better over there, hasn't it? So I should say that I, I use the term fat and happy. That's what my mum says. It's not an insult. It's, a, it's just a term for you've had yeah, a Yeah, that's, that's just an expression, isn't it? You're loving it. Um, oh, I think so. I want to make sure. 
Um, so in, in terms of what game is too long, is mm. that the thing? Or is it the perfect length? I think it's that feeling of, yeah, when is a game too long? Uh, what's the ideal game length? Because I think a lot of people, I've seen quite a lot of memes. Maybe it's because I'm getting older and I keep seeing like mid-30s mm-hmm. memes. But I see memes where people say like, you know, a comparison of like, oh, the game is 400 hours long and it's someone just looking exhausted. And then it's like, game is 15 hours long and it's someone doing the Vince McMahon happy face or whatever. Yeah, see, the thing is, is that you the, the sweet spot depends on the genre, I'd mm. say. Because um, when I... I found out that Persona 5 was 100 hours long if you go and do all the like side quests and stuff like that in your first playthrough and then Persona 5 Royale or Royal depending on how you want to pronounce it was like another 25 <laughs> to 30 hours on top of it mm-hmm. that is an excessive amount of time to put into a game and yet I would argue for a first time player there doesn't feel like there's that much downtime in it. So no. that had a perfect length and a long length. So it kind of is like a case-by-case case or genre-specific thing. Yeah. Um, I want my first-person shooter games, a single player on that. I'm happy if the campaign goes anywhere between six to ten hours. I think that anything more than that, that's mm. a bit of too much brain-numbing, shoot-everything repetitive over and over unless they can make it engaging like um gears of war 3 is a great example of a Mm. game that i felt had a really good pacing and then it kind of stumbled as it got to the end because it was like oh we did how do we end this story it was like Mm. we've run out of notes now we're just kind of making it up let's add a few more (laughs) missions in here it's like just close off the chapter i would have been happier with less game in that situation i think i would i would say that it's it's like how long is too long it's like when you feel it i think if you can feel that the pacing is is not it's not justifying itself after a certain amount of time do you know what it is? It's when you become aware of the gameplay loop. Um, yes, or maybe yes. with, um, I think that once you realize the rat in the cage that you are with this video game, <laughs> sometimes when you become aware of it, the mechanics are fun because mm. mainly they've been laid out at the beginning. Like Minecraft, for example, it mm. tells you like it, uh, freedom and creativity. It's as much of a game as you want it to be. So therefore you set your own limits and um, tolerance for it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you can become aware like, oh, okay, so I've got to go collect 55 um, happy like pills from this guy over here. Mm. I've got to go shoot 70 squirrels in the face over here and none of this is connecting me to the game but it's making me do these things in order to get to the next story beat mm-hmm. like um shadow of mordor uh the not shadow of mordor what's the sequel to that one shadow of war shadow of war when the ending to that was basically like cool you've reached Just the actual climactic the ending for this and you feel great but it's actually not the ending of the game yeah. and you've got another 13 or so hours of doing the same mission <laughs> like that was when the game got too long officially i also think for in regards to game loops it's like how much are they giving you new items and new abilities and new yeah. mechanics to play with? Because I feel like for me, if I'm talking about a game that is like about 100 hours long or, or lengthy, that actually kept the needle pinned the whole time, it's like Elden Ring was largely that. Like yeah. I didn't feel bored. I didn't feel like I was stuck. I wasn't necessarily aware of the various loops in Elden Ring. And I also think Death Stranding nailed it as well. I know Death Stranding isn't for everyone, but they they give you new abilities nearly every you know sort of half an hour or something. Like, it was so different to... as well, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, you, like... There was just nothing like it. So you're like, oh, where does this game go? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that whole thing of the, the mystery pull of the story and like just the way that you were um, tackling the environments and you get loads of different items from different NPCs. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I think it's a pacing thing and uh, I think it's per game. However, I do love when a game just says it's like 15 to 20 hours. I think that's offset by the price, obviously. Um, mm. But sometimes knowing you can get through it in a week and it's not just taking up your life for the rest of the month or something um, is quite nice. A great example of that recently, I've been playing through um, Jedi Outcast, mm. and I just feel like the way that that game goes, it goes, right, cool, there's only a handful of worlds to explore, but you're mm. going to go back and forth between them a few times. Boom, mm. boom, 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 the end story's done. You're like, oh, that was just a really satisfying single-player experience. Yeah. That I just was like, 
Cool. I, I, I can't think of a, da- a, a bad moment in that. Fantastic. No, I actually like really quite like when you get like a big overworld and it's like, okay, you're on this planet and four of them are like grayed out. And it's yeah, like, that's okay, it. so I you know, know that's the story, yeah. at least in theory. And maybe like there'll be a boss or something that'll turn up at the end. Do you remember how satisfying the uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy game was? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Like, it, like it was just like, cool, here is a standalone story that never overstays its welcome. And mm-hmm. you're like... Cool, fantastic. And that was only, what, 10 hours long? If that, I mean, yeah, yeah. like this nice punchy dialogue, like even just little mini games, like when you're like, you're playing as Star-Lord and you're fighting uh, Rocket Raccoon or whatever to try and get more points, uh, Mm. shoot more enemies or whatever it is, like little things like that. Yeah, I think I I would hang it on pacing. I think something like One Piece is almost deliberately... Uh, it's not necessarily filler because I guess it all. It, well, it is like it's elongated, and yeah. so if you're on, for, if you're along for the the ride, there's a certain style of anime that is just aiming to be as long as possible because you're spending time with those characters. I guess as well, if you go back to like take the One Piece analogy and apply mm. it to gaming, if somebody comes up to you and says like, "Hey man, have you watched One Piece?" and you go, "Uh," you look at it and it's like a thousand episodes, <laughs> and it's like, "Wow, that is a big time sink." You mm. might just be put off by the sheer yeah. overwhelming nature of it because that is going to be your life for mm-hmm. that amount of time. And so sometimes when gamers come along and they, uh, they boast how many hours they've spent into a game, I look at them and go, cool, I'm, this might be the best game in the world, but I ain't playing it for that long. Like yeah, World, of, World of Warcraft, I can't get into. Mm. I feel like I have not an addictive personality, but I do find that games like that that don't, and this is going to probably annoy some people, don't challenge me that much in right, the sense right. outside of raid bosses and stuff and let mm-hmm. me play at my own pace. I would waste away my entire life on that. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous for me. So I refuse to not play it. I can't, I can't play it. I can't, I can't no, play I kind of have that. I kind of need to know that there is like an end or at least something yeah. that I, I can quantify as an end. Like something like uh, all the live service stuff, like, like a live service platform like WoW is like that's meant to be a, another life that you live for as long yeah. as you want to spend time in that realm. And that is like, you know, I did that with No Man's Sky. I just lived in that world for mm-hmm. most of 2016. Um, I get it. But I think that like to some degree, I want to be able, be able to file something away and get onto the yeah. next thing. Which um, is why yeah. um, uh, like looter shooters and stuff I have mm. a real issue with because as soon as you finish the prescribed content and the air quotes aim end game content begins, that's when immediately my interest starts to drop off mm. because it's like I've seen everything the developers intended me to do and now I'm just basically fighting uphill challenges mm-hmm. to get better loot, to fight more uphill challenges to get better loot. To mm-hmm. fight, and they're like, and as soon as that gameplay loop begins, I'm like, I'm out. Where's the, that's, there's, that's there's, the there's literally no end point that that thing. It's like, cool, I'm over leveled and super hyper powered. And I have nothing I'm doing to do with the same animations. The, it, and, and it has no impact on the story or world around me. What's the point then? That's one thing that makes me, that turns me off massively is like, if I'm, like you said, I'm aware of the gameplay loop and all I'm changing are making the numbers go up in the background. Yeah. Um, if yeah. the same animations, the same game mechanics, like whatever, like, like yeah, that, that bores me to tears. Like, that's why I actually never really clicked with Diablo. I'm just doing the same moves over and over again. I know you get mm, some additional mm. ones, um, but it's mainly a numbers game and that just doesn't do anything for me. Whereas I want to unlock different combat moves and, and different ways to interact with enemies or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that keeps things fresh. Um, next question from Shane, who says, "Will Splinter Cell's remake be any good?" Please, dear God, I want it to be. Um, but for real, <laughs> but for real, what are your favorite types of shoes? I'm a Vans man. <laughs> Much love, you legends. What a combo of questions. I love that. That's literally the one-two punch of just like didn't see the second one coming, did you? <laughs> I did not. Um, I used to be a Vans man. I used to be a big skate shoes guy. Do you have a skating phase, by the way? Because oh, I'm still in it, skate. mate. I still do it. Yeah, still, <laughs> we'll roll, I roll the board occasionally down the um, down the cycle. <laughs> lanes it's quite funny because obviously i'm in my 30s now i'm very over the hill and i was never hey, good tony at Hawk, it. 60 or whatever i think is i was never a tony Hawk back in my day mate it's like <laughs> i could i could ollie i could pop shove it i could do a kick flip and Ooh, that, was about, that was about it mate but yeah. at the end of the day i was happy with that level of skill because i never needed to prove anything more after right, that right so getting back on the board is just basically a case of oh if i can roll don't fall off pop an ollie every once in a while <laughs> and don't look like an absolute tit doing it mm-hmm. ha- absolutely fine that, oh but man I'm, my greatest achievement was just getting 
getting the board off the ground at all. Like being able yeah. to do an ollie was like yeah. enough for me. Um, but yeah, I, I said like I got into a whole skate shoes phase. That was like the whole teens thing, and then stuck with Vans for a while. And then yeah. now I'm just like any nice white pair of shoes. I don't really care about a brand, but I don't know if you stick to brands. The thing is, is that I um I don't I had never moved out of the skate shoe phase. I always like the sort of uh, like chunky, <coughs> clumpy nature. Even though I do wear kind of more plimps ollie versions of mm. the stuff now, but I wear a lot of DCs. I wear right. uh, quite a lot of Vans. I especially thing is i'm a sucker for a good like uh hiking boot and stuff mm. and both vans and dc have recently put out these like gore-tex special edition boots Ooh. and stuff they look sick they're so nice gore-tex and sounds D- like a doom power-up oh yeah it does it's, it is it is that effective against the uh the wet and cold <laughs> as well as the doom slayer is against most of his hellmouth enemies um mm-hmm. and there's one pair that came out recently that was like a star wars inspired one that was like a half cab shoe mm-hmm. And it had uh, imperial, no, so it had rebel orange as the main color and then white and dirty gray flecks all along the base of the shoe. And I was like, that is that's a nice. sick shoe. <laughs> but so the price also made me quite ill because it was yeah, like nearly 100 quid. Like. I feel like shoe culture has become way more of a thing more than ever. Yeah. I forget the name of the YouTube channel who gets, it's like Hot Wings, it's like um, that Hot Wings challenge for shoes. They get like special guests on. Really? And this guy walks them around like a really fancy shoe, shoe store. I saw it like Steve Austin was on. And, Amazing. Um, like The Rock was on with martin lawrence and uh, when bad boys 3 was coming out and they sort of like they walked them around they talk about like oh what was your first pair of shoes and what was the thing that's crazy that's not anything for me at all but i get like yeah i watch that and i'm like people are really into like shoe culture and then they get like a really fancy um like fancy pair of shoes at the end of it you should watch um uh i think it's called channel 5 news he used to be called um all gas no breaks and the uh youtuber <laughs> is he goes around and he does kind of like not fake news um reporting but he okay. reports on very weird and fringe events and one of the things he did was on a shoe a convention right. and it was a really touching moment actually because he knew one guy or one person knew him because he's quite famous within mm. this little sphere that he's got he uh traded a pair of really bad shoes for a, actually a pair like a decent shoes right and there was a woman there who was trying to like sell her art and he traded this really nice pair of shoes that i think was worth like a couple of hundred dollars mm-hmm. for a piece of her art and i was like it's really nice because he personally doesn't care about the things <laughs> he goes and interviews mm-hmm. or, like he may like uh, like the people there but he's not into those things and that's why it's interesting that's cool. so him giving away this pair of really expensive shoes in exchange for art that meant something to him and mm-hmm. to that woman was a really nice moment so i was like Oh, that's yeah. really cool. I feel really like you'll cool. get more of them at the minute because it just, like I said, I feel like the the whole idea of like really caring about shoes is like blowing up. Like my wife's got all these fancy pairs of shoes <laughs> that I'm just like I don't even and like you know like these new sort of uh, trainers and likes and everything. But um, yeah, the whole thing about Splinter Cell's remake being very good, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it will be. And not that I don't know. I think no. So is this to do with the news that came out recently that was, uh, let me just check my thing here. Somebody posted something, uh, where is it, the video games post? Well, Ubisoft, it was, uh, that's a step aside Netflix, Splinter Cell is getting a BBC Radio 4 adaptation. Did you know no, about this? No, what? I know yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah. A, Okay, so so they announced the Splinter Cell remake. We got yeah. a thing on the Ubisoft YouTube channel just the other day that did a 20th anniversary uh, documentary, which is really nice to see. Um, yeah. Where they just they had that old the you know the old music on it and they went back through like the history of Splinter Cell and whatever and I, I, right now it feels like Ubisoft are committing to revitalizing it, reminding people why it used to matter and reminding people about it. And I didn't know about the radio drama thing, so that's, yeah. that's kind of funny. Yeah, so B- uh, BBC Radio 4 are apparently picking it up. Uh, this is going off of a uh, article that was published by Eurogamer. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, check it out. There's some more details on it, including some people who may be uh, in we there. Don't know but my uh, sides being Sam. Doesn't look like it. Will Poulter and um, one of the archers as Sam Fisher. I don't know what that means. That um, weird. Ma- 
Yeah, weird. Well, weird, I guess that means right? it's not it's not Ironside. But either way, it feels like Ubisoft overall are remembering they have spent the cell. Cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, but it but makes I, sense uh, for them to gear up as much interest as possible if yeah. the remake is coming out and it's going to be there. I mean, the thing is, is we're, we're getting so many remakes <clears> coming out now. <throat> I guess that what we do is we just gauge stuff like the Dead Space remake. Like, is that yes. going to be just a cash in just because Callisto Protocol is also challenging them for that Sounds crown? Like if if they go in there and they don't make too many like egregious microtransaction based changes to it, hmm. maybe that will set a trend going forward for some decent remakes because we kind of peak and trough with them, don't we? We go oh, yeah. some great remakes some terrible remakes some it depends remakes. on how much they change as well like you've got like that approach to remakes being like final fantasy 7 or resident evil 2 where you mm-hmm. completely overhaul it and then you've yeah. got stuff like dead space where it's a texture overhaul essentially like you can mm-hmm. tighten up the mechanics but it's it's still the same like level layouts and everything else i think they've already said that the splinter cell one is is more like the dead space one it's like a visual overhaul because Good. if they're yeah. doing anything other than that like ubisoft are so known for everything other than what splinter cell is and i just yeah. don't see them putting the time in um like all you know, allocating the right resources, the dev time. And look at the state of the Prince of Persia remake. That thing's just on yeah. hold indefinitely because yeah. um, it just doesn't really line up with how they would do it. And I know that, that kind of lines up with um, the developer that they gave it to. It was like Ubisoft Mumbai. I think it was their new, their first game. Um, so maybe it's that. But I just, I don't know. I think they'll try and do something with Splinter Cell that will yeah. just mess it up. I just the thing don't is, think they get it. If I'm being really cynical, because obviously they're bringing out the new Assassin's Creed, or technically it's an old Assassin's Creed mm. that is having some assets finished up that was already created way back when. Is there, <laughs> yeah, the air quotes, thing. return to the good old days. Yes. My worry is that they're going to use that to springboard into a ton of old IP. So then see like, oh, look, we are returning back to our roots. You pre-order 
order this splinter mm. cell thing, blah, blah, blah. And it will be a low effort or completely overhauled into their current um, iteration of what Ubisoft is. Mm. And it won't gel at all with it. But there's some goodwill coming. And mm. I just, just want what they're going to do with that goodwill. The thing that's interesting is like that idea of like they have, like I said, they have the documentary, they've got the radio show, they have, um, there's like a Netflix show or something. There was like various yeah, things they yeah. put into, into practice. And they wouldn't make that much of an effort if it was just for the remake. So it feels like the remake mm. is also part of that to get to you know to get interest in a new Splinter Cell or whatever Splinter Cell is in the in the modern era, um, because they renamed him in uh, Rainbow Six uh, Siege or whatever. Like you can play as Sam Fisher, but he's called Zero. He's just like yeah, he's yeah. just like call me Zero, and it's just like we're never calling you that, Sam. But uh, but sure. Like, I don't understand why. It's like, why are we trying to... We're literally stripping the identity from a, a yeah. beloved character. Very and strange. Like when he pops up in uh, Ghost Recon, he's like just, you know, gruff mercenary 101. He has mm. some of the old Fisher kind of snark to him, the sarcasm, but not that much, especially in Breakpoint's DLC. But there's like, there's been a track record of this with developers that mm. take beloved characters and then just do them dirty for no reason. <laughs> it's like, it's either because there's some interpolitical stuff going on behind mm. the scenes that we're not privy to, or it's a case that it's just like, oh, we don't like the fan that they're getting over by the fact Fans, like a Vince McMahon style thing of like you're not you don't like unless I tell you to like something Maybe. sort of thing I honestly think it's that um, someone who's calling the shots gets pitched a new character and they go we can make that work in this mold and we'll just oh, call it right. that yeah. character I just I don't mm. know I feel like they make more money that way I know that, that happens a lot in movies and um, happened with the Cloverfield series where it was just various scripts being called Cloverfield Lane or whatever yeah. even yeah. though it wasn't um, and then tagging like a scene on the very end to be like, oh yeah, it's so, still part. It of the does planet. connect. That's yeah, why you. Did. That's why you paid your money for this ticket. Yay. Yeah, for the last like thirty seconds or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Splinter Cell thing I think is fascinating. It depends what route they go down. I I just don't see them making a dedicated self game in in the modern era. I don't think that's what they're about anymore. So but, I, I was actually maybe. like uh, pondering this the other day because mm. you know there's like loads and loads of games that put enforced stealth sections into yes. their titles and they don't have the sort of mechanics or capability to pull them off well. Well, I was pondering that maybe that's actually led to the. De- decline of the stealth genre overall because mm. oh, totally. because what it is is it's a perception of stealth being bad people mm. complain about stealth sections so that then somebody on the higher up chain of video game development goes well people don't like stealth sections mm. because that's what i've heard mm-hmm. like the biggest complaint about marvel's spider-man is usually the mary jane stealth sections yeah. because they don't feel as well implemented as some of the other sections they are really in that like game. straight they're really quite not badly designed but really boring like, exactly yeah. yeah but that's not a stealth game the no. hitman games are a stealth game mm-hmm. uh the the thief is uh, or mm-hmm. the what's that one with your the little goblin character i can't remember oh, his name sticks yeah like i tell you what is... the new the new plague tale is a surprisingly brilliant like, like refined stealth game like that's a there specific stealth game it takes something like that to really mm. sort of push it back into the public mainstream again mm. so maybe we would see a stealth game but i don't know i i i feel like as a developer or a publisher my my money as well would be mm. like even people are, even if people are telling me until they're blue in the face that they want <laughs> a straight up stealth game mm. i'm probably not going to deliver it for them because I don't think it'll sell that well. No, no, I just, I'm curious because Splinter Cell itself, I really like the direction they went in. Um, like with it, over time, I came to really like this with conviction and especially Blacklist in terms of gameplay. I like the idea of you know do a stealth kill and then you can bank like a you can do that thing where you take out three dudes at once with the like multiple headshot yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a there's like a push and pull to that mechanic that you could design a whole game around with like lots more enemies, lots more like you know t- uh, hiding somewhere, jumping on the roof and then taking dudes out and whatever. There'd be a really cool flow to that, and um, I feel like they should design a whole game around that blacklist was pretty much that 
But um, I just feel like that's the direction for it because the the pace to Splinter Cell was so much slower in those first three games. Like it was really methodical and maybe they steer into that, but I just feel like too many people at the top of Ubisoft will be like, we need to speed this up. It needs to be as fast as an Assassin's Creed or it needs to let you just tear through enemies as fast as possible. Which is where you get something like maybe the sowing seeds of conviction when that came in because that changed everything. And and don't get me wrong, it was still a very good game and I had a good time with it, but Mm -hmm. if you were going into that... Yeah, if you were going into that expecting it to be another stealth up, it just mm. was not that. I remember they took all. the goggles out. I don't think you even get you get like a weird yeah. sonar thing for most. I don't think you even get the goggles. I can't remember really, but I remember you getting like you get some alternative thing, um, and it was just like that idea of like stripping away the signature stuff. And then in Blacklist, obviously Michael Ironside wasn't there, um, and uh, we got that other dude whose name I can never remember, even though I've written about the him other, like the other times. man, the other man, um, <laughs> not the quiet man, the other man. And so I think <laughs> if they do another one, they've got to get Ironside back to at least be a voice in the headset of whoever the next one. Yeah, so. I mean. He's uh, so iconic, is. really, isn't he? Yeah. It's like it's the same with. Um, uh, unfortunately, I know they recently passed away, but the original voice actor for Batman. Um, yeah, Kevin like, it's yeah, it's just sad because you. He was so good at the role mm. that you can't imagine anyone else trying to take that off. And Ke- like when Kiefer Sutherland was um, booted, uh, or was he <laughs> booted off so that the other guy could come in? Other way around. He was other way around. David Hater and yeah, yeah, that, that, that blew my mind because I was like, oh, why are you doing that? Why and then revealing that? later that they hadn't even told him. It was just, know, it was harsh. like, oh, they made me re-audition and then like for Metal Gear 3 and then for Metal Gear 5, I didn't even get the, the call. I just realized so that someone harsh. else was doing it. So harsh. It's just ridiculous. Um, next question from Honest NPC who says, once again, thank you all for the best gaming podcast out there. Well, thank you very much. Oh, cheers. Are there any bad gaming habits that you just can't break? Mine is buying collector's editions of games that all end up in the attic. I keep telling myself it's the last one I'll buy, but I know that's a lie. Did oh, I write this you. question? I might yeah, yeah, I was about to say, because isn't, <laughs> isn't yours the collector's edition thing as well? Yours is, I, I know that yours is um, every single time that they have a collector's edition with a statue, that's oh, one that you're going to pre-order. I've got I've got a Spinner Cell statue, funnily enough, but I, yeah, I love I love a nice physical thing. I don't, I hate when yeah. it's just skins. I hate when yeah. it's like a collector's edition, but all you're getting is like some XP or something. It's just I, like... No. I still think that one of the best collector's edition that we ever got sent to the office was the um, Mortal Kombat 10 one with the with Scorpion the mask, Burst. Yeah. That was awesome. That is Dishonored so as well. Cool. Like them, that was like a whole. That was like a. That era feels like it's kind of gone. Like that sort of era of like nearly every dev going like, we'll give you a massive thing. Yeah, like the you bombastic. Can get the, uh, yeah, the era. bombastic yeah. stuff, and not the one where like Saints Row send you to the moon. Like there was also stuff like yeah. you know the, the Witcher statue with the um, the boss and everything. You have to think that maybe that's down to the current uh, issues of mm. supply around the world, like with the war. In ukraine and everything else that's yeah, going true. on it has affected a lot of stuff that you probably wouldn't expect like plastics and um, other exports as well mm-hmm. so yeah i guess people are just sitting there going well we could make this but mm-hmm. our 100 our games are coming out at nearly what 80 pounds or around yeah, they're the already world sky high. and now if we had a collector's edition we're going to be pushing that up to nearly 200 and 250 pounds mm-hmm. like, yeah, you, you i don't think you, you get, don't get many collector's editions uh, do you but you like you, i you have limited like... space in my yeah. thing. like people have seen the videos here like i have a very small studio here <laughs> Here in a uh, in a Welsh townhouse, so it ain't like uh, super. super I was thinking big. you you love like painting figures and like actually like you love figures. I was about to so say, was like, I was about say Warhammer is taking. <laughs> Warhammer's taken up the space that's left. <laughs> the dedication. Um, but yeah, I think, um, for, yeah, definitely for me, it's getting collector's editions. Because I really wanted, I, I hate how much I, my mind goes to Sonic. Just quickly, I wanted a Sonic Frontiers collector's edition, but all they had was like, oh, it gives you more strength gems. 
And I was hey like, man, you could have you could have bought yourself yeah. the furry controller. Maybe that would have helped. Oh, that, <laughs> ease the pain. that was real until you just said that. That weird <laughs> wet fur thing they had. So gross. So gross. Um, but yeah, if it's a game that I love enough, I'll try and fork out for it. But it depends how much it is. I remember the Final Fantasy VII remake special edition being like two hundred or three hundred pounds, and I was like, I mm-hmm. can't do this. Um, I splashed out ridiculous for Witcher 3's collector's edition. Um, but that's I think that, that's the most expensive one I've I've done. That was like the one off. 200 quid whatever it was thing yeah. way too much um but yeah next question from rb who says best video game soundtrack to work or study to oh blimey that's a Oy-oy. tough one to, to work or study to mm. i usually go for it's either one of two angles here i either go for something incredibly heavy or okay. i go for something insanely chill and minimalistic almost like house music style stuff where it's just repetitive over and over because then you okay. get into a mindset of not tuning it out because that's a discredit to the artist but mm. more just that it's becoming part of your aura and you can just start working with it i, I find rap very hard to yes. write to i love listening to rap stuff but if i'm writing it's words in my ear that i totally. end up typing by accident no I, that's anything that's lyrically driven like yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll step in too much um, i don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast but i find that working to like the heaviest screamiest most brutal stuff not necessarily death metal but just heavy heavy stuff for me that really helps because it sort of makes like an audible cocoon that i can just sort of like yeah. sit in yeah um, and yeah. i find that like i can just kind of like tune the world out and i've just got that on whether it's on headphones or just in a room or something um so i'm i agree it's either that kind of stuff um where it's like periphery or just something really screamy uh, screamy and heavy um or slipknot or whatever um or it's lo-fi stuff and it's the complete opposite well, I've been listening to a lot of the uh, new Polyphia album. At yeah, the oh my um, God. And yes. like, it's really, really good because it's so different. And mm. that has like, it has two tracks in it, which have got like rap in it over the top. Yes. And every time I get to them, when I'm writing away, I'm like, da 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 entry, entry, entry. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's like and the rap comes out. I say, ah, no, I've lost my flow. And then it comes back again. I'm like, yay. <laughs> Let me get it back. Yeah, Polyphia, if we randomly do an albums of the year segment, uh, Polyphia is, I think that's my album of the year. It's like that or Coheed. They're both okay. so good. Let's just quickly then we'll try mm. we'll change this into from what was the best um thing that we were talking about uh with uh working soundtrack video yes. game stuff. Let's instead just quickly do our uh, albums of the year <laughs> just just because people really want to hear oh, it. Oh, I'm not they that hear it. on hand. I can I can tell you some but if you have yours ready go for it. Um so Polyphia has got to be up there. I thought yep. that was absolutely fantastic. Did you listen there to Coheed is, this year? I love that. Yeah, Coheed was wicked as well. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. The new um Alex on Fire album was pretty good, but I'm not sure if that came out last year or this year. I think mm. it came out this year. Either way, I've been playing that a lot recently mm. as well. I would recommend um I absolutely loved the uh, Electric Cowboys album. I mentioned mm. them. Actually, mm. I was talking to you about them before we started recording. But uh, and Alter Bridge's new album's really solid as well, but mostly um for me it's it's definitely Coheed and Polyphia. There's um and there was a new Denzel Curry album mm. I think at the beginning of the year as well and I thought that was absolutely fantastic. That mm. was the one that had Walk In on as the first track and it was fantastic. There's thing is, is I love Gorillas as well and I was hoping that I'd be oh, able yeah. to say that I love the their newest stuff uh, coming in. But it's not coming singles, out. But it's not, not coming yeah. out until next year. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and to be honest though, um, that new song that they put out, Baby Queen, is phenomenally good. It's so yet. chill, man. But okay. I think the album of the year, and I've just found this out now. It did come out this year, so I can say it. Cool. It is um, this band called Petrol Horse. Um, Petrol Horse <laughs> is amazing. If you like carnival music uh, mixed with uh, hilariously aggressive metal screaming, and okay. uh, like, it's insane. It's utter insanity. I remember you told me there was the band called Big Lad. Oh, Big Lad are amazing Petrol as well, Horse, yeah. I mean, just to read out some of the names of the songs that are on here as well. Um, one of the songs is called Honk If You Like Donk. Uh, one of them is called Perpetual Unit. Uh, Biblically accurate horse, <laughs> or you could, or my favorite one, you can give a horse a buck fast. Very good. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Variant. 
So yeah, check out their album. It's called Please Note Intentional Misspelling of Horse. <laughs> um, in terms of, um, actually, you know, we answered that before in terms of stuff to uh, study to. I don't want to keep mentioning Sonic Frontiers, but that oh, game has yeah, incredible... Oh yeah, you keep pulling me back in. It I has see, really good lo-fi in it. The, the fishing minigame music is legit awesome. And a lot of the open world music, especially on Kronos Island um, yeah. and the first like two islands, that stuff is, is very, very good. That's why I said that soundtrack has, is way better than it has any right to be because the lo-fi <laughs> stuff in there is great. Um, yeah, yeah. And Tomoya Otani, the composer, um, he has separate stuff on his youtube that is like he writes slow fi in his spare time and um that stuff is also gorgeous oh, um, last question from gunner loper who says aloha you be peeps what is your take on the need to be grateful idea when it comes to the modern era of video games and their lack of content using pokemon as an example i often see people get hate for complaining that you can't catch all of the pokemon and that we just need to be grateful to the company slash creators for the game that we've been given i find that obscene i find that obscenely ludicrous if i feel that a company is giving me less than their best but still charging a premium price that's a problem yeah, so in this example here, I still am absolutely blown away that the two releases of the same game with slightly different variants is a thing that still even exists. I know yeah. that it encouraged it was meant to encourage people to um, get to trading with your friends and stuff like that, mm. but I find it genuinely annoying that they are basically going, we are actively carving out portions of this game that have been made mm-hmm. and we are charging you twice effectively for they've them kind of and, always, and you're, you're going to ex- thank for us you're going to thank us for it yeah well they've, I mean, the th- like, not, it's not to excuse that as a business practice but they have always done that like since 1996 yeah but the question is, is that they shouldn't have done maybe <laughs> like it should have just been one game right I mean if we're all being honest here like yeah. I understand why they did it again to get the trading and battling thing going and to mm-hmm. sell more link cables and stuff like that but and at the, the same who time both units. the fact that it came at, like it's, it's, it's still uh, a thing that exists because yeah. the worst part is when they release the combined thing after each one which is basically like oh here's both of them together and a few <laughs> more Pokemon it's like oh you're doing the game of the year thing now well, which that's makes you thing. think I should always just wait yes and they'll, the thing is they'll do DLC anyway like they did DLC for Sword and Shield I think it was Sword and Shield they definitely did DLC for one of them um, it's an interesting thing in terms of that idea of like you know just be grateful for what you get I definitely like see that I think it mm. um, depends how much of a direct sequel something is it depends if they took you know um, like mechanics out of it I guess because um, in Pokemon for example they've taken out the ability to just instantly catch which sped up Pokemon Arcade tenfold yeah. you could just aim at a Pokemon like you know shoot at them with a Pokeball so they've actively made them. the game worse it's weird they've replaced it with uh, auto battling so instead of like aiming at a Pokemon and just catching them you now aim at a Pokemon um, and you can just send your first Pokemon out so they'll just auto battle without you having to do anything but it means that you're not catching you're just like you're just battling and getting. I said, that sounds infinitely worse. That well, sounds... it's like why don't not why not have both? Like I yeah. just want to. Sometimes I just want to grind out XP, and then sometimes I want to grind out the Pokedex. Um, and like it's just I'm yeah. There's that whole thing where like the way that Arceus did battling I, and there uh, was that, that was different. They had the same mentality with uh, Shenmue Three <laughs> when yeah. um they brought out Shenmue 3 they were like oh yeah no it's been ages and ages like you finally got it crowdfunded everyone was ecstatic. Mm. The game was pants. Like I'm not gonna right, lie, right. I, I played it and I was like okay and to leave it on that much of a cliffhanger <laughs> yeah, for all of the time, I, was like, I was like don't do this to me but mm. there was loads of people in the fan base that were like no we should just be happy that it exists it's like mm. should you though because I, like I, I go down that road where I'm like at least you got something like yeah I definitely see that it's a weird thing in terms of like getting but, I, but I paid for that something and that's it's something true. and like I know that video game entitlement is a, is a double edged sword because you have on the one hand you have people that take things way too far and it's like mm. oh this is how I want my game to be and it's yes, like for yeah. ridiculous reasons but on the other hand as well you are a you are a customer at the True. end of the day and you've bought into something that was 
promise to be a certain way sometimes i think if it feels like they wasted your time then it's mm. like after that long in that specific instance or like it's obviously case by case sometimes it is like okay if you're going to return to this franchise if you're going to do this and we're all going to come back and we're all going to do this thing then you need to do right by the fan base and like yeah. i think that's kind of that's more fair to say like you you, you phoned this in like you didn't yeah. do it properly <clears throat> and i guess it just depends how much of a, a creator's soul feels like it comes through or whatever but, yeah. um, I always treat each individual game as like, you know, it's like you'd assume it's like an individual project. It's not this sort of stepping stone to the next thing um, or like a cash grab or whatever, <laughs> which is ironic talking about Pokemon games because obviously, like you said, they're all split. Um, yeah. But still, you want to assume that Pokemon Scarlet Violet is a defined vision for that, you know, like uh, the the area of the landscape, the things that they're going for, the creatures, mm-hmm. everything else, mm-hmm. um, and that you can compare it. But to me, I wouldn't be like, annoyed that they didn't do something because for whatever reason that's their intent i'm always like what was the creator's intent um and it's like well for whatever reason they thought auto battling was more important than auto catching so i just have to trust that's good because that's what they wanted yeah even though it may turn out to be just like a change for the sake of change (laughs) yeah and i think it's like there's a weird thing with scarlet violet where because it's so broken and the frame rate's so stupid and the bugs are everywhere um there's that side of it where it's like well this is just a waste of money like i couldn't recommend it for full price um or much money at the minute um but all the ideas on paper are great like all the open world stuff like you're walking through an open world of pokemon you're seeing all the different species interact with each other they all have ai and that you know like it's just that side of it, that whole ecosystem of Pokemon is great on paper. It just performs yeah. like hell. So it's just like there is a vision there that like I'm grateful to have. But uh, yeah, I get what I get what Lopa means. Yeah, um, no, for I me, get it's too. definitely case by case. But in Chemu 3's case, it's just like at the end of that game, a lot of people were like, well, why do we even bother? Yeah, because, yeah. What's the point? Because yeah. you basically just teased us again for what another nine to ten year wait. Thanks. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, <clears throat> at some point, why are you rallying the fan base if you're not going to do right by them? Or is it yeah. just to tease another installment somewhere down the line? Yeah. Um, a super quick actual final question. I did see a final Okay, before. okay, okay. Um, but I just want to answer this question um, from TJ, who just says, two ways I can play God of War Ragnarok right now, two to three hours a night, a couple of times a week, or in January, I can play every night for however long I like. What do I do? I mean, for me, what the I enjoy getting... I'm a hypocrite in this sense because of the fact that I'm going to tell you to wait and then play it excessively so that you can really get immersed into That's what it. I would have said. But I don't practice what I preach because I can only ever dip into games. I think I'm just jealous <laughs> and projecting that this is what I would do if I right, had that right. opportunity. I think, yeah, knowing the way that Ragnarok's pacing is, like, there's not, it doesn't fully kick in for about, like, 15-ish hours. Way longer if yeah. you want to do way, way more side stuff. And there's a lot of side stuff to do. So you could get, you can get a lot of satisfaction out of those two or three hour chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends how much you want to immerse yourself in a giant story. It's about 30 hours long, even if you're main, if you're focusing on main stuff, or it's more like 40, 50 hours if you want to do everything else. Do you know what the worst thing would be, though? Is mm-hmm. if they ploughed in all that time and then by the end of the week, they didn't get to the uh, end of the game. So it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, now I've got to wait and just try and get those crumbs of two to three I hours think at a time. all of January if they wait till January. I mean, yeah, you'll be, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. Yeah, I think you can split it either way um, and it will be fine. Um, oh my God, I want to end on this question. I will. Oh, I will wait, the final, 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 this final question. This is the triple final question from Bradley, someone who says, what's the best launch video game ever loved the podcast? I said oh. this because I want to say Tekken Tag Tournament. Can you beat Tekken Tag? Jack and Daxter, game? the Precursor's Legacy. That wasn't launch- the launch game. It was the launch game? That was the launch game. Wait, Jack it was? No. Let's, uh, let's double check this. PS2 launch game. You had, uh, had Tekken Tag, Ridge Racer, Fantavision. 
Uh, okay. Dead or Alive. PS2 launch games. Here we go. Oh, let's see. Let's see how many you get right here. So uh, Dynasty, Dynasty Warriors Two is in here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. It wasn't in here. <laughs> Damn. It's because I like I was living in and bleeding video games more than ever back then. I remember going to get the PlayStation Two. Yeah. And uh, that was. Oh, one you of my said that over Time Splitters. Well, 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 Time Splitters wasn't a launch game. That's what it says here, mate. You are you what? arguing with the IGN of all people? Yeah. Down, well, down with them. I, I, okay. I thought Time Splitters. No, there's oh, no way Time Splitters oh. was a. That's what it says, man. That's what it says on here. Because I remember, I remember, I know, I remember it was a launch title because it had the weird purple disc. You remember that for a short time? They yeah, didn't actually. have like the silverback disc. They had purple ones because it was a different format of uh, CD. That but, is the um, weirdest thing. Okay, so that's so you're choosing that for your PS2 one. I'm definitely, I'm definitely taking Tekken Tag. I'm gonna um, go with yeah. Dead Rising for the original for the for the Xbox. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wasn't wasn't Halo a launch title for the original? You could Xbox? take the original Halo oh, if you want. Yeah, original yeah, yeah, yeah. Halo, mate. Original Halo was a was the yeah. best, mate. Yeah, you, that's that's actually yeah. You've made you've made a very <laughs> solid point there. Scott's got like a face on him. There's kind of like oh, I've made a mistake. Yeah, that's it. That's that <laughs> is the right answer. I read the question and my mind just screamed Tech and Tag, and I can hear the school theme music in my head, um, and didn't even you know, think you, about Halo. You know but, what was uh, also a launch title for that? Mm. Brute Force on the Xbox. Hell yeah. that? Oh, 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 have we talked about Brute Force before? I love well, you brute and I, You and I have talked about yeah. it. I don't think anyone else in the world has talked about Brute Force as much as we have. Let the Brute Force massive uh, come out. Uh, we need to be that weird amphibian dog thing. You just run around with a shotgun. He was that the best. Lizard, like, that was cool. That whole thing, I think we talked about Conflict Desert Storm last week. Brute and that Force got, was in that yeah. same mould of just sort it of like, was. here's four cool characters. Um, go tackle missions. Um, oh, but times. yes, I will actually wrap this podcast. This has been the Untitled Battle Podcast. The UBP, the UBP. The UBP. The UBP. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you for having me. And remember, you can tune in next Thursday over on our social medias. Now, I'm going to be putting out the question, the call for questions yes. on Instagram this time around, just to see Ooh. different different audience, different traction. Scott will be able to retweet. I'll also put a tweet out as well on there. Mm-hmm. So we'll do it on both social medias. And we'll just see what other mix of yeah, questions we, we get into it. We didn't uh, talk about that stuff, and we haven't talked about it that much, but, like, mm. what the hell to do with Twitter? We're sort of just kind of waiting because the audience is there. And yeah. so when it feels like people... Because we had a bigger response this week, so it's like, well, people are still kind of there. Yeah. Um, I think if there's a meaningful change, a lot of people have been experimenting with Hive this week in their Mastodon, I've, but it seems I've like... I've signed up to Hive. I haven't signed right. up to Mastodon yet, but um, I will be over on Instagram. It's the same mm-hmm. handle as before. Retro JBDO is a zero. Um, I'm going to be doing most of my social media stuff on there, I think, cool. for the foreseeable. So Yeah, yeah we'll I, figure I, it out. And we'll, we'll go between the two, but yeah. Yes, we'll catch you next week and thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.